Custer's last battle. Had his trail not been discovered, it was now reported that it had, Custer's intention was to conceal his force during the day and deliver the attack at the earliest possible hour next morning, June 26th, as he had done in the Battle of the Washita. But this was now out of the question, so he continued down the tributary valley toward the Little Bighorn River. The Indians by this time knew exactly where he was and how many men he had. They intended to fight when attacked, though they decided not to go far from their camp to bring on the battle. They waited, uncertain just when and where the troops would attack them. On Sunday morning, June 25, 1876, the troops, about 600 strong, approached on the east side of the river to give battle in the open day to the Indians who were all on the other or west side. At noon, when 12 or 15 miles from the enemy, Custer halted, and after a consultation, divided his forces into four parts. With five companies, about 200 men, he followed on down the main Indian trail. Major Reno, with three companies, about 115 men, marched on Custer's left, very near and abreast, in the same direction. And Captain Benteen, with three companies, about 150 men, marched to Reno's left, at the angle of about 45 degrees, with orders to attack any Indians he might meet. Captain McDougall, with one company, about 45 men, was ordered to follow in the rear of the pack train, which necessarily would move more slowly than the mounted troopers. The pack train had with it about a hundred men, all told. The command had no wagons. Everything was packed on the backs of animals. Reno was to cross the river and attack the head or nearest part of the camp, while Custer planned to swing to the right and make his attack farther down, at about the same time. For seven or eight miles, Custer proceeded abreast of Reno, from fifty to three hundred yards apart, and then ordered him to push forward as rapidly as he considered prudent till he reached the Indians, who were reported to be in flight, then to charge them vigorously and drive everything before him. After two or three miles further down the Indian trail, and when within about one mile of the Little Bighorn, Custer turned squarely to the right, and led his force up the bluff, or ridge, where he saw some Indians. When he reached the summit the Indians were gone, but from this position the Indian camp was plainly visible, extending about four miles along the west side of the river, with a width of about two miles. Reno was seen going full speed down the valley with his troops, when within a half mile of the east side of the camp, Captain Tom Custer sent Sergeant Canopy back with a message to Captain McDougall to bring the pack train straight across country quickly, even to leave behind any packs that came loose, and also a message to Benteen to come on rapidly, as the camp was a big one. The order was sent to Benteen because Reno was supposed to be engaged in executing his attack. Reno, who had had no previous experience in Indian fighting, forded the Little Bighorn and halted for a few moments to reform his battalion. Then he proceeded to carry out his further orders. Captain Benteen, an experienced Indian fighter, was unable to execute his orders, owing to the character of the country, and he was obliged to turn to the right and take very much the same route that Reno and the others had followed. Canopy met him watering his horses, and then pushed on to reach McDougall, to tell him to hurry up the pack train. In about four miles Canopy met the train which at once went on as swiftly as possible to the bluff, where Canopy had left the Custer Brigade to follow on Custer's trail. Meanwhile, the Indians were not expecting the troops so soon, and many of them were eating when from the upper or south end of the camp 
one of the warriors beckoned to all of the rest to go to their saddles. The white soldiers were upon them. Immediately the bullets began to fly. Reno, having reached his designated position, dismounted his men to fight on foot near a point of timber, and he began the fight in this way instead of making a vigorous charge. Gall, the principal Indian chief, had not expected the first blow in this quarter, but further on, as he had seen Custer on the ridge, moving in that direction. He did not know that the forces were divided. Custer advanced along the ridge in plain view of the Indians, intending to cross the river lower down and hit the village, or camp, at that end, exactly where Gall was expecting him. Custer did not arrive at that locality till after Reno's attack began. The onslaught of Reno threw the Indian camp into confusion at that point, as it was not expected, but Chief Gall managed to get there speedily, and riding about with Black Moon and the other chiefs, he soon reorganized the people and brought a strong force to bear on Reno. At the same time, Sitting Bull, not being physically very brave, was thoroughly frightened, and believing the day to be lost, he packed his effects hastily, losing one of his twin boys in the hurry and with his beloved family scurried away on his horses for the safer, distant hills. Reno was soon in a precarious situation. In less than half an hour the Sioux warriors worked around his left and even to his rear, while pressing him severely on the front.